0: Episode 57: The Death of the Priest and Prophetess. All actions come with consequences. Some are good, others not so good. The consequences of not obeying and trusting God for the leaders of the Israelites who caused them not to step into promised land. Welcome to the history of the Bible. In the last episode, we talked about the three men that led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. All three of these men and those that went along with them ended up dying. Most of them were swallowed up by the earth. The Lord showed the Israelites that Aaron and his descendants were given the responsibility to be the high priests. Those two details are really all that is given about the wanderings of Israel in the wilderness. It was really pointless. However, even though they were wandering in the wilderness for so long, the Lord still provided for them. He took care of the food that they needed to eat, continuing to give them manna and quail. He provided for them through the clothes and sandals on their feet not wearing out so that they wouldn't have to continue replacing them. Even though they were in the desert, the Lord was still with them. The cloud covering and the pillar of fire still led them. After the years of wandering had ended, it was finally time to begin the journey back to the promised land. The Israelites would journey back to Kadesh the same place that the spies were sent out all those years ago. Once the Israelites arrived at Kadesh, with a total of 40 years passing since the time the Israelites left Egypt in the Exodus, upon arriving within the first month of being back, Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron would die. It's believed that she would have been around the age of 126 or so when she died. Up until this point, we really haven't talked much about Miriam, so now that she has passed away on the journey from Egypt to the border of the Promised Land, we'll take a moment to talk about her. Based on Jewish tradition, Miriam was believed to be four years older than Aaron and seven years older than Moses. It's believed that it was at the time of her birth that Israelites began to be enslaved by the Egyptian king. The reason that it's thought is that the Hebrew meaning of the name Miriam means bitterness, thus believing to be connected to the bitter enslavement. The Bible tells us that Miriam was a prophetess as she was able to hear from the Lord and speak His words to the people. However, she didn't talk to God the same way Moses did face to face. Tradition holds that she had a spirit of prophecy on her ever since she was a child, where her first prophecy was to her mother, saying that she was going to give birth to a son who would free their people from the enslavement. As she got a little bit older, on the age of five, he and her mother are believed to have become the midwives for all of the Israelites and the women giving birth. Miriam would be one of the two women that were told by the king of Egypt to kill all male babies. From there, she is lost in Jewish tradition until the Exodus. At this point, she would have become one of the three people that led the Israelites in their wanderings of the wilderness, along with Moses and Aaron. However, because of her rebellion against Moses, she would pass in the wilderness, and does not get to step foot into the promised land. Miriam is believed to become the mother of Hur, or the wife of. It isn't too sure, but he was the same Hur that helped hold Moses' hands up during the battle when the Israelites faced the Amalekites in the wilderness. It isn't quite sure, but her was thought to be the leading nobleman for the tribe of Judah and would be an ancestor of the king of David and eventually Jesus himself. Another tradition says that he would be killed during the golden calf situation. The reason that the battle with the Amalekites happened was because right before that, water came forth from a rock to give the nation enough water for the people and the herds. So the attack from the Amalekites could have been that they were doing their normal operations, raiding others that were on the road. Or it could have been that because the Israelites discovered water, that the Amalekites wanted it. During their travels and wanderings in the wilderness, it is believed that a rolling rock accompanied the Israelites. Now, it isn't clear if the rock was carried or pushed or... If the rock itself is believed to have rolled on its own to accompany the Israelites on their journey. Either way, this rock was supposedly called Miriam's Well. It's believed that when Miriam died, rock known as Miriam's Well dried up. This would lead to the next event that happened to the Israelites. When they arrive at Kadesh, and when Miriam died, There was no water for the people and herds. So the people did what they do best in times like this. Israelites complained and gathered against Moses and Aaron. Again, the people wished that they had only died when the rest of the generation before them had died. Or better yet, they wished that Moses never brought them out of Egypt so that they could have enjoyed the grapevines, figs, and pomegranates. This is a whole new generation. They hadn't ever been or seen Egypt. Yet, somehow they knew that it was supposedly better than the wilderness. This shows that the Israelites never really stopped complaining about being in the wilderness the whole 40 years. So badly did they complain that their children picked up exactly where their fathers left off, using the same words as they did. When the people came up against Moses and Aaron, they both went to the tabernacle to speak with the Lord. Here, the Lord told Moses to take the staff and go gather all the Israelites together as a symbol of the rock. The staff that was believed to have been grabbed by Moses was the same staff that used to belong to Aaron until it was placed in the tabernacle as a sign the same staff that had the blossoms, buds, and almonds growing on it. Also, the rock here could be the supposed rock of Miriam's well. When Moses got back to the rock, he was to speak to the rock, and from it would come forth enough water for all the people and the livestock. However, for whatever reason, Moses did not speak to the rock. Instead, he would strike the rock with the staff. Although, because he was supposed to only speak to it and not hit it, the rock didn't bring forth water. Moses would then have to strike the rock for a second time. With the second strike of the rock with his staff, it would bring forth water, enough water for all the people. Could you have imagined that moment when Moses struck the rock for the first time and nothing? happen? That brief moment of awkwardness and anticipation were combined as they waited for the water to come forth, or if some of the people didn't believe it to happen, they would watch in disbelief. However, on the second strike, those that believed and those that didn't would have their water. Now the striking of the rock would cost both Moses and Aaron because they disobeyed the Lord and didn't honor Him as holy in front of the Israelites. Both Moses and Aaron would not be allowed to enter the Promised Land. Seems to be a pretty harsh punishment for just disobeying the Lord once. Maybe but these two men, Moses and Aaron, knew better. They had seen all that the Lord had done. They saw the great exodus. They saw the Red Sea split open for a path for them to walk on. They saw the effects of all the plagues in Egypt on the king. They knew that the Lord would provide. Yet, they disobeyed the Lord, and the people got to see it. Meaning, Moses and Aaron were the leaders setting the example. So it could be that Moses showed a lack of faith in God. And this is what the Israelites saw. Because when Moses didn't listen to the Lord and didn't trust him enough, it dishonors the Lord and shows that he is not a God that keeps his word. This scenario, or one like it, had come up in the past as well. In Exodus 17, people came up to Moses to complain about not having enough water. This was right after leaving Egypt. In this situation, the Lord told Moses to take his personal staff and to hit the rock and water would come forth. Whether or not the rock which was called Miriam's well is true or not is not known. If it is true, that would mean that this rock was already struck in the past and water came from it. Or, if the thought about Miriam's well isn't true, then Moses in the past had already struck a rock and water came forth. One way or another, Moses was comfortable with striking the rock because he had already seen it work in the past. But he had not seen where speaking to the rock and water would come forth. That required more trust in God. Unfortunately, Moses did not trust the Lord with what he had told Moses. Because of that, Moses and Aaron would not be able to bring the Israelites into the promised land. However, the Israelites were not yet in the promised land. They are once again at the border of the land, the same spot where the 12 spies were sent out. This time though, Moses didn't send any spies out. They already knew what they were facing. Instead of trying to come up from the south through the Negev. Moses would decide to bring them around to the eastern side of the promised land and attack from there. So they began their journey east. When they journeyed east, they ran into the kingdom of Edom. Here, Moses would send out the request to enter the land of Edom and pass through it. This was done in a diplomatic way, as one leader was sending messages to another leader. Often. When a messenger was sent out by a leader of a people group, they would send a message with five parts to it. In ancient Eastern diplomacy, the correspondence would have the name of the person who was to receive it, the proclamation, the name and status of the one who sent it, the issue that the sender is facing, and lastly, a request from the sender to the leader that was receiving the message. Here the messengers request it for Moses to the king of the Edomites to allow passage through the land of Edom. Now it says the king of the Edomites, however, based on archaeological evidence during this time period, the people of Edom were not yet centralized into one kingdom. Rather, they were still individual tribes ruled by chieftains. It's believed that when Moses sent his messengers out, It was to the one ruler through the land that they were to cross through, or that it was expected to be shared among all the chieftains. The land of Edom was just east of the Negev. They weren't part of the land of Canaan. When heading east, the Israelites were traveling on the king's highway, a major route that started in the area of the Gulf of Aqaba and traveled north through the land of Edom and Moab, it would continue north until it came to the city of Damascus leading to the Euphrates River. However, in order for the Israelites to get to the road to travel north on, they would have to cross the border of Edom and travel east in their land. When Moses asked to pass through the land, he said in numbers twenty verse seventeen Please let us pass through your land. We will not pass through the fields or through vineyards. We will not even drink water from a well. Basically, Moses told the Edomites that they didn't need anything, food or water from them, but that the Israelites planned to pack in all of their food and water only stay on the path that would lead them north. Moses even reminded the blood relationship that the two people groups held in common. In Numbers 20, verse 14, Moses presents the Edomites with the message that opened with this Thus, your brother Israel. You see, the Israelites and the Edomites were related. The Israelites were the descendants of Jacob, the Edomites were the descendants of Esau, the older brother of Jacob. However, the Edomites would not let them pass through. Instead, they showed up with a large army to prevent them from crossing their land. What this meant for the Israelites was instead of taking a shortcut across the land of Edom, they would now have to travel all the way south to the Gulf of Aqaba and then head north on the eastern border of Edom. When the Israelites heard of the rejected passage through the land of Edom, they began their travels, this time heading south in the same direction that they just had spent the last 38 years or so in. Along the way, the Israelites would stop at Mount Hor. Mount Hor is either believed to be on the borders of the land of Edom at the transition from the desert Negev into the hills of Edom, or just northeast of Kadesh in the Negev. The thought of Mount Hor being in the Negev rather than on the border of Edom has been held since the time of Jesus. However, in Numbers 20 verse 23, it says that the mountain was near the border of Edom. While at Mount Hor, The Lord told Moses and Aaron that it was time for Aaron to die. The reason that Aaron was not allowed to enter the promised land was because he, along with Moses, did not trust the Lord when Moses was supposed to speak to the rock to bring forth water rather than strike it. Because Aaron was the high priest, there needed to be a transition from Aaron to his son Eleazar. So the three of them went up to the mountain, Moses, Aaron, and Eleazar. Once at the top, high priest's garments were removed from Aaron and placed on his son. This is where Aaron would die, at the top of the mountain, and only Moses and his son would return down the hill. When the people heard about the death of Aaron, they mourned for thirty days. Normally, it was seven days that a person would mourn for. But because of the leadership position that Aaron held, they would mourn for 30 days. And it's believed that Aaron was 123 years old when he died. It would have been five months after the death of Miriam, Aaron would pass on himself. The transition from wandering in the wilderness the journey into the promised land was not an easy one. Yes, just like walking might have been easy, but a whole generation needed to die before they could go into the promised land. This included Miriam and Aaron, not because they had rebelled against God and not wanting to take the promised land, but because they didn't honor God with freedom as holy. In the next episode, we'll begin to look at the events that happened after the death of Aaron and the Israelites' journey from wandering in the desert to the beginning of taking the promised land. So join us next time in episode 58, Detour in the Desert. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.